Hello everyone, welcome back to Just Another F1 Podcast here in Apex Motorsport. My name is Richard Smith and this is episode 26 of the podcast. And we've just had the Sao Paulo Grand Prix, Brazilian Grand Prix. There's been that many different names going around for it. But joining me to discuss that one is of course Craig Evans. Craig, thank you for coming back onto the podcast. Thank you for having me back. Going to throw you under the bus straight away. Three word race review. Three word race review. Um, I think you've got to go for miles off. Oh, it's four. Miles well, off okay. Apex. Miles off Apex is free, so... It, well, no, I was going to say miles off the Apex, but... Okay, miles that's... off Apex. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll go yeah, with that. Yeah, we'll go with It's we'll on brand that. as well. It is, very true. <laughs> uh, I think we'll just jump straight into talking about the the incident of the weekend, the one that people are still talking about, and we'll go right into the next weekend as well, obviously, with a few new developments for that past few days, but... It is, of course, that lap 48 incident between Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen. Did he run him wide? Did he intentionally run him wide? Of course or, he did. Or was Hamilton just not going to get the corner? Of course it, he ran him wide. You can't say he didn't run him wide. It's, it's something that's been debated a lot across social media. And I think general consensus is the fan, majority, well, I can't say majority fans because it's very much, if you're a Hamilton fan, Verstappen fan, you have your own opinion. But oh, of course. In generic Formula One, where unbiased world, which is very rare on Twitter, but a lot Twitter, of people Twitter unbiased. Yeah. Don't be silly. Uh, a, a lot of people think that it deserved to be a penalty for Verstappen because of the, he because well previous laps you can see very clearly turn more to the left to go around the corner. Yeah, and this it, it wasn't, but a lot of drivers, former drivers, have come out and said that it's hard racing and that if the policy when they were racing was put in now it's not though it's yeah. not hard racing yeah it's dangerous racing yeah the, a lot of people are saying that if the current stewards were or if this incident was in the 90s possibly a five-time champion and Damon Hall won the 94 championship which i think formula one's at a very different point now than it it was then racing is, is very different do you do you think that... Well, the other thing is, those two incidents you've mentioned, both the drivers that went on, but both accidents resulted in two retirements. Mm-hmm. This was completely different. Yeah. They're comparing a lot... Um... You can't really compare the two, to be fair. No. This is a massive championship battle. It's seeing two, probably, or two, definitely two best drivers in the grid going head-to-head. We've seen them collide... On two occasions this season, both sprint race weekends. Yeah, it's something about a sprint race and Hamilton Verstappen incident. Do you think if there was a gravel trap there or a wall or or even grass that Verstappen would have done that, or do you th- or do oh. you think he was always going to do that? You, I, I I think the the thing is to the way I've always thought about it is the white line is the edge of the track. That's how I've always viewed the track the track limits debate. You put a wall there. If you're going over it, you're going to you're going to crash. You're not going to finish, are you? No. So to me, it should be judged as the white line is a metaphorical wall, and if you go over it or you touch it, you deserve a penalty because you've gone off the track. The incident, the forty-eight lap, the lap forty-eight incident for me, it was a clear-cut penalty because he ran him. He didn't just run him off the track to stay on the track himself. Yeah. He ran him off the track and continued to push him off the track till there were about two track widths off the apex. 
You can't you can't do that. And the fact that the stewards at the time didn't investigate it, I think is absolutely criminal. Because if you're a young racer and you see that and you think, he got away with that, I might do that in my next race, you're gonna seriously you're gonna hurt someone. I think that we've obviously now seen this new on onboard footage that clearly shows Verstappen not turning as much to the left as he has done in previous laps and because he didn't do that he went he drifted wide and obviously Hamilton was on his outside that's and, a whole different kettle of fish though yeah why did it take them three days to release yeah. that footage Very true. when it's the most common camera angle on an F1 yeah. broadcast it cut away just before yep that happened which let's say there's been a lot going on between the Stuarts, Red Bull, Mercedes over this weekend and the past few weeks and a lot of Red Bull trying to pick up every small thing Mercedes do. Mercedes trying to hit back with larger evidence and going, well, they've done this the past three races, why yep. can we? And we're seeing a very different side to both teams, but we'll go quite, before we move on to that, we'll go back to the actual Hamilton-Verstappen incident. Mercedes have always have obviously issued a right of right to review the incident. Yep, when the new evidence came out. Yep. Um. So does that mean they'll get Nick the Freeze to go round Interlagos a couple <laughs> yeah, of times yeah. to, to recreate? Yeah, yep. recreate the incident. Um. But that may mean there's going to be a penalty for Verstappen. Michael Massey come out. I can see it. a five second penalty being applied post race. It. I can when, see it happening because it can technically still happen yeah the point i'm thinking is when the the, cl- the classification has been released yeah is it was it not always a case of as soon as that's released that's it over because i always know that when the championship when the trophies is handed out that's yeah that's it done i don't know because i think this case will set a few precedents um and i think we're going to see something come of this appeal that mercedes have lodged because the clear evidence is Max ran Lewis off the track. If Christian Horner says there's nothing wrong with that, it's hard racing. Mm-hmm. Surely Silverstone was hard racing when yeah. Lewis just dived up, put, the inside, dived up the inside. Pushed surely, and wide. surely that's hard racing as well. I think it's very much rules reversed with the Silverstone incident. The only difference is Silverstone was ended in a very heavy, scary yeah. impact for Verstappen. Obviously, given that you were eight, tra- eight car whiffs off the apex going into that, and you had probably the same amount of room on the other side, Matt, he, he knew that he could get away with it. It's just a dangerous precedent, and I think the FIA not penalising it has opened up a can of worms. And this is coming from someone that wants to see the championship go to go to Abu Dhabi. Yeah. I'm not a die-hard Hamilton fan. I'm not a die-hard Verstappen fan. I want to see a great championship. And I just think... I just think you've got to be fair in the rules. That's why I said to you the the other day. It's like, we think all the way back to Austria. Perez and Norris, very similar. Norris was on the inside. Mm -hmm. Ran Perez wide off the apex. Perez went into the gravel trap. Loses a load of positions. Five-second penalty for Norris. What is the difference? I was watching uh, just earlier today Julian Palmer's analysis of the incident and the point he, he made was we can't exactly compare these to the incidents um, 
like the the Perez Norris one because in that case, the driver who was pushed wide severely was, was he was pushed wide. He, obviously, the end of race, so they lost multiple positions, but they were pushed just to the edge of the track and on the curb. Yeah, they were still on it. The yeah. other car was still on track. Yeah, this time both cars were sold five six car was off the apex. Oh yeah, and I think if this is where. Red Bull, they come out and say, well, we have telemetry analysis to say that Verstappen actually locked up his tyres going into that, which well, wasn't the case because well, you didn't. couldn't see that. And you can quite clearly see Max is not at full lock yeah. until he's nearly off the track. Yeah. If it was a case of... And if Red Bull have evidence of Verstappen clearly understeering, which is highly unlikely, given usually when you see a lock-up, you see smoke coming up from the tyres, yeah. that didn't Even happen. oversteer, you wouldn't, you wouldn't oversteer yeah. that far wide. Yeah. Um, especially when it, it, it's major coincidence that your championship rival is, is about to overtake you after an incredible combat drive which we'll get on to in a minute and um, let's not forget it's not the first time Max ran a Mercedes off the track that weekend because no. he did do it to Bottas at the start of the race mm-hmm. he ran him he clean wide and turned right going into a left hand corner to bump him out of room I'm just amazed that both both the two title challengers finished the race. Yeah, so am I, to be and fair. When it was, it was lap four or five when Hamilton was right on the back of the yeah. podium. Mm-hmm. I can remember saying to you, I was like, they're going to, this is going to yeah. end badly. There's going to be a crash. Yeah, it's a case of um, when, not if. Yeah, exactly. Um, it was, I think, especially with the stack going around the, the past few sprint races, that there's been a major crash that's involved at least one of the two title challengers being put out of the race that we were expecting something oh of course yeah, yeah. don't quite think anyone was expecting this no and and i've said this point to you before this championship will now be decided probably in court at the end of the season if i think if there's another big incident well what i can see happening is it should mercedes go on to win the next two mm-hmm um, I have a funny feeling Merck will give Hamilton another fresh power unit mm-hmm. or this one as you said was designed to run to four races, four races yeah. max tilt I can see Red Bull appealing the legality of the Mercedes car because it's what Red Bull do Yeah, I mean not being funny it's what Mercedes do it's like people are moaning at Mercedes for appealing the max thing in a championship that's so close every little helps is going to get you points. It's going to get you close to the championship. If Max does get a four-second, a four five-second penalty, sorry, that's a four-point swing in yeah. both championships. That yeah. would take the gap from him to Hamilton down to nine. Yeah. Or, no, ten. down ten. to ten. And it would take the constructor's gap down a further four. So it's huge for Mercedes. They're stupid not to appeal it. Yeah. Because uh, if, Re- if Rebel won the champ, well, Mercedes has said... They want to win the champ, both both championships on the track, and I think their statement, um, what was the incident? Oh, it was whenever Hamilton was given his disqualification. Yeah, they, when they said they weren't going to appeal it. Yeah, because they want to win the championships on track. That for me was the moment that Mercedes were like, right, this isn't Mercedes we usually see. This is Mercedes that you know they're going to win this championship at all costs. It's the same as as Red Bull. They will do anything they can to win the championship and if that's taking Mercedes to court they will yeah which and I think the other reason Mercedes made such a point of appealing it not appealing it 
had they appealed it, Hamilton then started from pole, and then the car was then found to be illegal, then he'd be disqualified from the race, and he would not have a chance to redeem himself, as he spectacularly did in the sprint race and the actual race. So I think the whole the whole non-appealing thing was quite clever from Mercedes. Mm-hmm. And I think this um, the right to review sort of sprung out of nowhere. Um, you know, it, it's, it's weird because I didn't expect them to do that. I did not expect it. To, I did not expect to see that coming at all. Um, but then the minute that new evidence came out, and it was quite clear that no one that Max didn't turn in. Sorry. I think they were, they were always going to appeal it because it, the thing I can't get my head around is why it took the FIA four, no, three days to release that onboard yeah. footage. That's the bit I can't quite grasp. I don't really understand that, the way it, it does take them so long because you know, especially like Sky 1, their F1 race control, whatever, they have access to all onboards, which I thought was the case, unless... They, unless they were told do not release this footage um, or this is something that we'll have to look at after but it's weird because you would expect that given it's such a big moment that would be released straight away it's the fact the stewards declared it wasn't even worthy of an investigation yeah. without seeing the footage Yeah. how can you declare it's not worthy for investigation if you can't see the footage because I remember seeing it you know, from the, uh, the race direction of the TV and I didn't see it didn't look like they were running wide until you got that wider shot yeah because it just looked they were going side by side around the corner mm-hmm. and next thing you know you're not actually on track you're closer to the grandstand than you are the actual track yeah Um. So it, it's a weird one I think not reviewing it during the race from the Stewart's perspective was probably the easier option because they know how big this is for the championship yeah and but it's opened up a whole can of worms. They're yeah. not actually looking at it. Yep, I know um, this weekend, um, well, it would be the Thursday, the media day, um, Mercedes have been called for the review. Whether or not it goes ahead, that's a different story. By the time this podcast out, you may already know the answer to that. We're recording this as we, we don't exactly know just yet. Could you, could you see, well, if... If the church um, turn around and go, yeah, we're, we're not going to look at this, is that where the, the Court of Appeal comes in for Mercedes? That this could... Or is, is it worth it for Mercedes? Because for... It depends how hard they want to push this angle of appealing everything. Maybe. I think Mercedes definitely will have the upper hand in Qatar. Mm-hmm. And to an extent, Saudi as well. Um, I just, I just really don't want to see this championship turn into. Oh, they said this, they said yeah. that, they said this, which not be is is what it's kind of gearing towards. Because yeah. Red Bull appeal anything and everything that Mercedes are doing. You've just got two very competitive teams with two very competitive team principles that will, will do anything to win because they were employed with the one job to win championships. Um, so obviously Red Bull want to go back to their glory days Mercedes have had an in- incredible run and it's been an incredible championship battle so far it, in my opinion it's been one of the best of the hybrid era yeah um, I can agree with that there hasn't been too many title battles in that seven years but and it's 
Monaco. First of all, with a Red Bull driver in a long time since probably Vettel left. Yeah, for sure. But well, it's probably since twenty thirteen. Thirteen, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we somehow managed about fourteen, fifteen minutes talking about the two drivers. Yeah. Um, obviously Hamilton was helped. Well, we need to talk about Lewis Hamilton. What a fantastic weekend he oh, had. By far one of the best comeback drives I can remember since probably Sebastian Vettel, 2013 in Abu Dhabi. Mm-hmm. Disqualified from qualifying, 20 pit lane start up to third, then had a crash, back down to, six to, back down to 21st, then back up onto the podium again. It was incredible, and credit to ever was able to find a tweet from, I think it was the Formula 1 account of, from Barcelona 2012 where Hamilton was disqualified from qualifying. Yes! I caught a lot of people out. I didn't well, didn't actually see the tweet, but I seen a lot of people talking about it. Do you follow um, Steve Brown, uh, Super GC on yes. Twitter? Yeah, so he caught me out with that. Yeah, yep, there we go. <laughs> this is not the first thing he's caught people out with. Oh no, you've the, got, you got to be careful. Yes. Um, but no, this was obviously a sprint race weekend, and because of that, we had qualifying on Friday night, which, again, fairly enjoyed. Yeah. I did have to watch it on my phone in a football stadium. Uh, <laughs> somehow, the one night there was actually mobile signal in the stadium, which was, was incredible. Stars aligning. Yes, it, it, it was brilliant, and you can probably work out which football stadium that was based on the accent. But, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, haven't pro- I didn't actually get to watch qualifying properly, like, concentrate on it. I, I was able to see it, but... What an incredible lap from Hamilton. Obviously, he got disqualified from it. Yeah. By two millimetres of DRS flap. No, 0.2 millimetres. So, not, probably yeah, not, talking the width of a human hair. Yeah. Don't know um, how Joe Bauer has seen that. No. The um, man is superhuman with his notepad and pencil. Yeah, but that's why he's got the job. Yeah, exactly. That's what he's employed to do. Nice, nice big bonus coming from him, probably, from a certain energy drink company, possibly. Um, not controversial at all. Yes, there. Yeah, it's that point in the podcast where yes, the li- the listeners are gone. Yeah, this is, yeah, this is this us two talking us to yourselves. Proper getting down to the serious thing. Yes, um, completely gone off topic there. Um, oh yeah, sprint race. Hamilton disqualified from from qualifying. That meant he had to start the sprint qualifying, which is a race but not a race. Um, from P twenty on the grid. Yep, I was expecting him to maybe get I said if he can get into the top 10 that would be a great drive obviously he had the 5 place grid penalty for the new ICE Power as well unit, which I think saved his bacon this weekend yeah um, obviously made his life a little bit more difficult in terms of where he was starting um, but in sprint qualifying he managed to get up to 5th place which was incredible in 23 laps 23 laps yeah um, or tw- 24 laps 24 15 places gained 1.6 places a lap like in fairness a lot of the early drivers are moves you would expect but that move on Lando Norris was incredible yeah no I think I think we're seeing that point of the season now where Hamilton is in that he's in that untouchable zone yeah. we haven't seen him this this fired up for a long time um, and I for one can't wait for the next next few races I, I said to you and I said to Ryan just before sprint qualifying happened that 
this penalty will either let us see the seven time world champion Lewis Hamilton or the Lewis Hamilton that can't handle the pressure we haven't seen that one for a long time yeah, and we definitely seen seven time world champion oh, Lewis yeah. Hamilton this weekend 100% and to the point where I felt like the entire weekend as soon as sprint qualifying started and he gained three four positions in the first well, I, I said to you, I was pretty certain that this penalty was championship over. Yeah, I, I, I think agree we with were we were both pretty certain. Yeah, that's that. That's the championship over. And mm-hmm. I've seen some Red Bull team members on social media saying after it was announced the Hamilton penalty, we were pretty confident we'd be leaving with a thirty point gap. Yeah, even to and the they're point, leaving with a thirteen point gap. Yeah, even to the point of um, the was Crafty said just before sprint qualifying that. Red Bull are likely to be the first team to ever extend their championship lead after qualifying. Yeah. Because they were expecting Verstappen Bottas. No, not Bottas. Perez. That's driver rumours going around. Definitely <laughs> not. Um, for Verstappen and Perez to be on the podium, which would give them four or five points, five. depending where they finish. Yeah, yeah four or five. Um, where Mercedes and Bose could have got... Three with with Bottas, but science kind of ruined their fun. Yeah, he did. Um, after a lightning start, and in fairness to, to Valtteri Bottas, very good Superb start. drive. Done exactly what I needed to do, and you know, it could be a glimpse of Bottas. He can still do it. Just that consistency is what's. I, I genuinely think the, the the upper hand Merck are going to have if they do go on to win this title is the fact that they are working as a unit at yep. the minute. You saw that with the swap with Bottas during mm-hmm. the race where he stopped pretty much on the start-finish straight yeah. to let Hamilton through. And I just don't think Red Bull have that team unity for Perez to no. do that. I think they have the better driver pairing overall. Like Bottas Hamilton, I think, is a good pairing, but Perez just brings out a little bit more well, than Bottas. Perez can run longer on the tyres, yeah. which is his, his, main, yeah. his main talent. But I think this is where... Hamilton Bottas working together for so long it's going to pay dividends for them and I think Bottas will want to go out to say that well actually every season I was with Mercedes I won the championship Yep. which for him would be an incredible stat to say obviously he hasn't won the championship himself and I think he's definitely out of the running altogether points wise it's only Hamilton yeah he's he's, he's, just two horse race now yeah um, which has been all season long pretty pretty much yeah um, but the sprint, sprint qualifying, yes or no? Just as or do you think we need to see more next season? My biggest concern is what we saw in Brazil has papered over and plastered over a lot of cracks. Mm-hmm. It's a bit like in getting an old house. Mm-hmm. You've got a lovely old feature wall, but it's full of cracks. There's damp. There's everything all running down the wall. Yeah. It's falling apart. But you've just got really nice wallpaper. You've plastered over it, yeah. and it's fine. Yeah, that's what I think Brazil's going to have done, because I will. Well, what was the first one? Silverstone. Yes. Silverstone and Monza didn't work. Yeah. So Silverstone worked from I was because I was there from a fan's perspective. It was a brilliant weekend. But that's but from a fan's perspective. It, from a fan's perspective, from a global audience perspective. It wasn't. It hasn't worked. Yeah, because I've watched back the sprint race from Silverstone. And, and Monza. They were yeah. both bloody we, boring. We were sitting in car park at Alton Park. Well, it was media 
yeah, 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 you're right. You're sitting, right. Uh, sitting in the car park on the lunch break, watching it. I think you fell asleep at one point. I did. <laughs> yeah. I did fall asleep yeah. at one point. Yes. Yeah. Um, but it's Brazil has papered over, and again, it's what I said about Silverstone. You take Alonso's start out of it. Yeah. Is it a great format? Silverstone, we said no. Mm-hmm. With Brazil, you take Hamilton's charge through the field back. Say he's starting up at the front. Yeah. Would it be as good? No. No, because did anyone else make many moves in that sprint race? Not that I can remember off. There were a couple of one or twos, but there were no... Yeah. But don't get me wrong, Brazil has been the best of the three. Yes, by far. But okay. I have a funny feeling it's only papering over certain cracks. Yeah. I think it has reopened that debate of reverse grid races. Because, but then the problem with reverse grid races is you're getting early on in the race... Or no, it's not a race qualifying earlier on in the session. Um, you're having Hamilton trying to overtake Verstappen and going down the championship order where he's then overtaking Mazepin for the race one. Which, well, that's it. Yeah, that depends on how they'd work it. Yeah, it would be interesting. I... Maybe they could do. I think it would work well if they did what um, what do you call it? Uh, World Superbikes do, and I think British Superbikes as well. They just reverse the top and Formula Two did as well yeah. and Formula Three. They reverse like the top eight or ten, and you're getting the the championship. The, you know the people that are usually going for the title to be up there fighting mm-hmm. from tenth. So, you, so you're getting the the drivers who are usually fighting down the back having their own battle as usual, but people who run usually together fighting for once. The problem I've got with the sprint race is qualifying didn't need changing. If you want mm. to bring in new fans, you find more innovative ways of doing that. You don't change what's been an age-old recipe and the one that's worked for years just to try and get some more um, get some more excitement going. Mm. You bring in new races, yes, but you don't rearrange qualifying. There's yeah. no need to in my book because the qualifying works. Yes, I like it on a Friday. Do we bring in another race on a Saturday? Yes, but it shouldn't dictate the grid. The grid should still be set by that qualifying session on yeah. the Friday. Get rid of FP3, move qualifying to the morning, and then put quality in the afternoon, then the race. Yeah. It's one option. Whole different kettle of fish, though, that. Yeah. Um, I still think bring back knockout qualifying because it was spectacular. Oh, that definitely works. Yeah. Well, I think Norris has said one-shot quality on a Friday for sprint races. Which could be interesting. I'd like to see that. That'd be yeah. interesting to see. Especially around Monaco. But oh, yeah. I don't want to sprint race around Monaco. No. <laughs> no. Um, it's been, well, the grid for next season has been set. I'm sure we'll do a video at some point discussing the entire grid. Um, everyone is there. But the final seat, um, well, I think last podcast, me and Ryan done, we, we said, I've got off topic very quickly, um, Oppenheimer Safnar was heavily linked to Alpine. We said at the end of the podcast that we were going to discuss in this one if it came true, and he's denied it. Yet. Which in yeah. F1 terms means it's probably going to happen in a yeah. couple of weeks. Uh, just like Audi buying out um, McLaren. Because yep, that, that, one, that, that went well, didn't that it? Went well, um, I think there is early discussions, but nothing more than yeah, that. You, yeah, 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 that's... But then technically we can phone up say, oh, we're looking to buy your team, and that's early discussion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. It, we're, heard it here first yeah. Apex looking to buy McLaren yes um, <laughs> be a profitable company within five years or something like that. yeah so of course we can good. offer you a tube of Smarties and 
Something else. Yeah. Well, well, Something well. else we can find while we were desperately looking at the desk in front of us. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. The desk, in fact, doesn't have a tube of Smarties. It's a very. There's one downstairs though. Yeah. Oh, very. Yeah. There we go. Even one just sitting over there. Oh, um, two tubes then. Yeah. Um, but back to 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 driver uh, news. Antonio Giovinazzi has gone to Formula E with Dragon Penske. Dragon yep. slash Penske. The slash always annoys me. It should be Dragon Penske. Penske. Yeah. Um, and Guan Hujou has bought the seat effectively. Yeah. Thirty million. Thirty pound. million. Um. Obviously, it was for one year. Yeah. Because I think he knows that Porcher's going into that car. Yeah. Into in a year's time. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Whether he's ready or not, I think he's second in Formula Two, which is higher than I thought. Yeah, I think um, he's pretty far up there. The thing that I loved with the whole um, uh, Giovinazzi, Dragon, and Guan Yu Zhou announcement, Alpha Romeo announced it as the Chinese Dragon. Mm-hmm. Guan Yu Zhou joining the team for 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, literally within 30 minutes, Antonio Giovinazzi announced, I'm going to Dragon. You can't use that. I'll have that as well. Um, yeah, I just thought it was all. It was all poetic in in yeah. some form of the word. I think tweet of the week goes to Will, who's been featured on the channel a few times. But going, uh, Guan Yuzhou joined Alfa Romeo next year shows that if you put your mind to something, you can always achieve it, as long as you've got thirty million in the bank. Yes, <laughs> it's very true. Um, it is probably going to be another driver who will be run down the back of the grid next year, but he obviously has got enough talent to get to to where he is. Money has helped that. But yeah, I think that's just the nature of the sport, though. You're going to get money seats. Yeah. Um, and if he's not good enough, someone will buy his seat in two or three yeah. years' time. You, you can buy a seat in a sport, but you can't buy a super license. Yeah. And as talent shows that he's really against super, li- super well, license. Well, unless you're Mavit Rangunathan. Yeah, but he's he's the elite driver. Yes. yes. <laughs> the only person I know that can go from last to P1 in Monaco and still crash right by the end of the first half <laughs> um, by oh totally cutting that first corner mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah but um it'll be interesting to see how he gets on um it will he's I don't think he's ever had too many standout drives but the Formula 2 grid this year has been quite poor in terms of talent there's a lot of I think next year with the F3 drivers having that second year the, the F3 drivers have moved up it'll be a little bit more competitive um Piastri and Porcher yeah well, setting it on fire at the minute yeah Piastri obviously is now Alpine's reserve driver I've seen the tweet and thought well, what's going on here he's been signed as a I woke up driver. saw that tweet and thought hang on who've they got rid of yeah I just missed the word reserve in the tweet yeah. and I was like that's that's extremely yeah, which interesting which means Daniel Kivya without a reserve seat next year yep he'll be going to Ferrari for their Le Mans programme mm-hmm. he second time he's been with Ferrari yep I think Yep. Um. Oh, uh, Kivya, Gio- Giovinazzi, and Valentino Rossi hypercar program. That's not a bad. Drive with, a, with a second team of Piastri, Eilat, and Oliver Beerman, your favorite GB three driver. Italian moving from moving on, on very yes. quickly yes. before this gets yeah. any form of legally yeah. dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah. Well, move on to predictions now. Um. Don't think just well. 
we've really we haven't talked too much about the race itself but apart from the battle it was a good race but there wasn't too it, it much was, it wasn't bad i mean it was it was good sao paulo usually delivers cracking races and this this was a this was a good one yeah uh Trying to find the, the notes I had from last time for for the predictions. Um, for, oh, let's aware. just quickly talk about Ferrari putting a pretty pretty hefty stranglehold of 30, 35 points oh, now. Yeah. They, they were over McLaren. Impressive. What was it? Fifth, sixth, mm-hmm. fifth and sixth. Yeah. McLaren only scoring uh, uh, one point with Norris in tenth. Ricardo retiring. Did you know Ricardo actually with his retirement? Ended the second longest run streak of consecutive finishes um, in the history of the sport. The second longest? Yep. Ham- Thir- 34 races in a row. Hamilton's got the longest. From That was from Austria 2018. The, to... the race before my first race at Silverstone. Cause yep. I always remember that. And there was was it Austria this year? that or Which was the day he finished but not in the points? That was... I broke the a record as well. Yeah. Um. I can't find the predictions from last time. I think they're actually on a piece of paper somewhere, which I do not have. Um. But then, as I said last podcast, we're gonna not tell you the results of the predictions each week to end of the season to add a lot of tension and hype. Yeah. Before we take each other to the court of appeal over about eighteen thousand <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But we'll do our predictions indeed, indeed. for Qatar brand new race. What's yeah. What's your thoughts of that? I'm looking forward to it. I mean, it's a great track for super bikes. Mm-hmm. It looks... It doesn't look like many hard braking zones. Um, but it looks like an interesting track. It's, it's fast. It's going to be a fast track. And then, of course, we've got um, Saudi the week, two weeks after. And then... Longest and quickest track on the calendar, isn't yep, it? We've just seen the, the F1 twenty twenty. Two footage from that. Uh, 21, 21, 21, 21 yeah. footage. Um, it, it qualifying's going to be mega. Let's put yeah. it like that. If you haven't seen the footage, strongly recommend you go and watch it. Yeah, it's it's going to be a, a quick track. I don't. I think we'll not really know until we actually see it if it gets Bolton time. F one. I think t- today admitted that they're slightly concerned. Well, Bahrain's in as a backup. Mm-hmm. Bahrain is fully prepared to host. Just have the outer track. Yeah. Just. 100 laps yeah because i want to see hamilton on the other track yeah because i think that would be incredible proper proper that's a sprint race yeah just going literally cars driving around in circles mm-hmm. literally um right pole position for the qatari yeah, I don't know what F1 are calling these races because... Well, we'll see the hashtag when it comes out Yeah, but this was properly. the Sa- Sao Paulo Grand Prix using the Brazil Grand Prix hashtag. Yeah, they made a, the, bit of a, a bit of a boo-boo on that one. Sky were running with Sao Paulo Grand Prix. Yeah. Formula One were calling the Sao Paulo Grand Prix, but all... Using the, the yeah. hashtag Brazilian Grand Prix but on all, Twitter. And all the Stewart's documents that had Brazilian Grand Prix. Yep. So, who um, knows? The the lucky dip Grand Prix. Yes, I think that's what they should do. Final race of the season. Every track goes into half, and they pick one out, and that's where the race in the final race of the season. Yeah, apart from Monaco. Yes, that's not love really Monaco, one. but it's it's a yeah. it's, it's a different yeah it's a different thing. Yeah. So, uh, pole position for the Grand Prix of Qatar. We're gonna call it that Lewis Hamilton. Okay. I think I think the form Merker in the form Lewis is in. He's gonna be hard to beat. Okay, I'm tr- 
I would say Lewis as well, but I want to be different. I'm gonna go Bottas. Yeah, I could see. I could see it being a Merc. Definitely I, being a Merc. I can see Bottas taking pole. I can't see him taking any more wins purely for the fact of swapped round drivers. Oh yeah, hundred yeah. percent. No. No, that I was. That's completely stupid. I was gonna say if Bottas is one, Hamilton third. Would they swap them around? But that would just get Verstappen an easy one. Well, yeah, it depends who's in. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to think the points difference, it wouldn't make much of a difference. No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be. No. Uh, so your race winner? Hamilton. Again, I think, I think this is the kind of track where that W12 is just going to love. It's going to okay. love it. Going to have to join you with Hamilton yeah. on that one. Uh, Red, Red Bull are going to have to go. I've got a tough weekend ahead of them, I think. Podium. Championship sake, you've got to go Hamilton, Max, Bottas. Okay, I'm gonna go for Stappen. Ooh, Charles Clear. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Fastest lap, Perez. The fastest lap, or whoever will be whoever's not on the podium out of the big four. I'm gonna go controversial. Go Pierre Gasly purely for the fact that I think there'll be a phone call down. Off the terry at some point. Yeah, I can see that happening. Um, and your wild card. Wild card. Um, I don't know really. Um, it's been such a weird season. I don't really know what else we could do for wild cards. I'm gonna say one of the big teams to not get a car through Q one. Not through Q one. Yeah. Okay, like maybe a Ferrari or someone yeah, getting we, getting stuck in Q one. Are we going current constructors championships down to which was it like down to McLaren? I'd say down to McLaren. Down to top four big top teams. Four, top four big teams. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna go UK Snowda top seven finish. Interesting. Yeah. Um. But, After he tried to murder Stroll at turn one. Yep. Um. But any final thoughts on the race in Sao Paulo? No, I just think it. I thought it was a. It was a decent weekend. Very entertaining weekend for Formula One. Yep. Uh, hyped, hyping it up, lovely. It's coming to the boil as we come to the end of this championship. I'm um, just. I'm looking forward to it. We should have a, a crack in championship running, and hopefully it goes to the very last, very last race of the season. Yeah, and if it does, I think I will nicely cap off the current era of regulations as well, because we don't know what's going to happen next year. We may have. A Haas Williams championship battle for all we know. Anything is possible. Who knows with next year? Honestly, I don't yeah. think anyone does. Um, but yeah, Craig, thank you again for, for joining me for this podcast. Thank you for having me back again. Going to end Allow this me to here. ramble on. Yeah, it's been good. Um, I think Ryan hasn't told me how many Mazda spins this week. He said none last week, and he didn't have any. I don't think he, he did. That no. I was aware of. Um, so. I'm not sure what Ryan's going to say, but um, I'm going to do it on his behalf. I'm going to go Mazepin, no spin again, because I think he's going to have three podcasts in a row, so we're going to continue that on. But yeah, Craig, thanks again for joining me, and to everyone listening, we, well, this is our 26th podcast, which I didn't realise last week was the, the, the 25th podcast, which is quite crazy to think about. Um, we It was around this time last year that we started covering the final few races of the season, so final five races last season, four we done, but... Anyway, yeah, it's been it's been great doing every race this season, and next season we don't well the podcast will be there, but we'll have may change it up slightly. We don't quite know yet, 
Um, but yeah, thanks to everyone for listening, and we'll hope you join us all for the next one in next week for the Guitar Grand Prix. Goodbye. Goodbye.